Okay. Hello, this is ASEAN Movie Pulse interview. I am here with Ed Hano, Artistic Director of uh, Q Cinema Festival. Hello. Hello. Uh, nice to be here. Okay, nice to meet you too. So let us begin with uh, the question. So you have served Filipino cinema from a number of roles. You are director, producer, actor, and director of the Philippines Film Institute. In your experience, how would you describe Filipino, someone, uh, Filipino cinema to someone who doesn't know anything about it, let's say? Well, Philippine cinema uh, is one of the most vibrant um, film industries in Southeast Asia. Uh, you know, it's a area within, uh, outside of East Asia and, you know, together with Indonesia, Singapore, Malaysia, Brunei, Thailand, uh, Cambodia, Vietnam. So we're, we're in a good spot. Um, for the last two decades, Philippine cinema has been recognized globally uh, through our uh, Filipino auteurs, you know, like Love Diaz, um, uh, Eric Mati and all that. And, uh, you know, and uh, like other film industries, it has its ups and downs, you know, like Hong Kong cinema was so big and in the eighties and nineties, and now it's just a, a whimper from what it was. Uh, Philippine cinema had its uh, peaks and, uh, well, recent developments have also affected it. So, Maybe we, we will go to that in, in that direction. But yes, um, Philippine cinema is a unique um, lens to, to see our culture, uh, how Filipinos are. And we have a, a funky uh, uh, lens for which we see the world. Sometimes it has uh, Asian... Uh, influences, a bit of Spanish or Hispanic, uh, a lot of Hollywood, kind of Catholic or Christian. So it's all this amalgam of influences. Um, you know, even LGBT is quite uh, um, a vibrant element in, in our cinema. So it's a, it's a nice, if it's a cuisine, it's very fusion, mm -hmm. not confusion. Fusion of many uh, flavors. Okay, okay. And uh, do you have a rough estimate of how many movies per year are being produced nowadays in the Philippines? Um, in pre-pandemic times, it used to be around 200 feature films. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And of course, the pandemic all changed all those uh, figures. Uh, now it's, uh, uh, it's sad to say, but uh, most of the films being released now are straight to streaming. Since our theaters opened last November, no Filipino film has opened in theaters. They just go to the, to the local streaming uh, platforms. Of course, Hollywood has, uh, has returned with a bang, but Filipinos haven't gone back to the theaters like it was before except for Spider-Man and Batman, uh, you know, for all other titles. Mm -hmm. When I, the few times I've been to the theaters, 
we're it's lucky if we have 10 people in the audience so oh, really? uh, Filipinos still have to get that habit of going back to the theaters in the post-pandemic era mm-hmm. but before the pandemic people uh, went to see Filipino movies in the cinemas oh yes especially for uh, Hollywood tentpole titles you know the Marvel superhero films when they open in a multiplex all 10 theaters will show all those same titles uh, you know to get a quick buck um, for Filipino titles rom-com movies with um, popular young actors actresses are the usual staple for Filipino cinema uh, a little bit of action a little bit of um, horror but rom-com used to be the the main staple. And yes, there were a lot of box office hits, but even before the pandemic, there has been a steady decline in audiences, um, you know, brought about by Netflix and other platforms and, you know, torrents, yeah. uh, so to speak. <clears throat> yeah, okay. And uh, what would you say are the most important changes the industry has experienced through the years? Um, well, funding is, uh, of course, uh, crucial in a film production. Um, there has been uh, major directors who have been reaching out to foreign funding agencies, uh, you know, like HBO or um, uh, Netflix, who have started making um, line productions uh, and that makes a big difference in their budgets you know for films like uh, Missing Eight the Eric Mati movie that uh, premiered uh, in Venice it was a series but there was a theatrical three-hour version Um, some other directors have um, reached out to to those um, global funding agencies like Love Diaz. So there is a, a global uh, perspective now in terms of how films should be made and not just rely on local funding because uh, sometimes it can be very uh, mainstream uh, if we um, depend on producers from our local industry. But in the main, um, uh, for the last, 10 years, film festivals like Q Cinema were instrumental in producing independent um, productions by new directors. So that was a good and quite unique um, development in the film industry. That's why there, was, there, there were a lot of uh, films that have uh, gone to the festival circuit and introduced new Filipino directors because of this funding Uh, grants being given by uh, our f- film festivals. But then again, the, fest- the, the pandemic changed all that. Mm-hmm. But in general, are you optimistic about the future of Filipino cinema? Well, uh, generally speaking, I think the global film situation is still adjusting to what will become the new normal. So um, 
what's happening here in the Philippines, um, people are still not um, gone back to the habit of going back to the theaters, watching movies on the big screen. So it's, um, it's a challenge to um, uh, tell everybody that it's safe to go back and this is the place to go to, to immerse yourself in the beauty of what cinema can offer. So um, the, the prospects for the Filipino film industry is, I think for the near term, they would continue to produce films for the streaming platforms and then eventually um, go back into theatrical. Mm -hmm. But does the revenue that comes from uh, screening your film in the, to Netflix, let's say all, all of those platforms, is it uh, similar with the, the revenue that came from cinema tickets, let's say, or are the money much less or more? Oh, it's a lot more money. Uh, if Netflix or HBO uh, produces a, a production, it's, it's Hollywood uh, standard of uh, funding. So yes, it's a big plus to have, uh, you know, a local director being produced by a global streaming platform. So yes, it's a very, the budget's very good. Locally, budgets here are quite low because they only think of the local audience. And so, and of course the new realities of uh, testing before the shoot, and then now they have to lock in the cast and the crew when they're shooting a film. So it drives up the expenses <coughs> uh, and making it harder for producers to to recoup their investment because of all these additional uh, expenses needed to produce a film. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. So on the personal question, you have not directed the film for some years. Are those days in the past for you? <laughs> no, I, I have a project um, hoping to shoot next year, but it's also hard to juggle many roles, you know, like, Sometimes I'm a jury in a festival, I'm a festival director, I'm a film professor. So, you know, it's hard to have a work-life balance and it takes to do a film production right. You know, you need at least six months or a year to, to put everything, uh, to put all your efforts in to, to do it right. Mm -hmm. Hopefully in the coming months, I'll have more time for that. Okay, okay. But do, do you ever get tired doing all those things? Well, sometimes I feel like, why do I breathe? <laughs> uh, but, you know, I try to have a work-life balance. I also watch silly films sometimes, so guilty pleasures. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it, it can be lonely just watching screeners on your computer screen, as you well know. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes you just have to enjoy certain films that are not always art house uh, titles. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Okay, so uh, you were producer in Glenn Barrett's uh, Cleaners, which I thought was one of the most interesting movies I have seen the latest years. Can you give us some details about that film, Cleaners? I'm so glad to hear that you were able to saw the film because that was 
produced just before the pandemic and it did not go around as it should because of what happened. But yes, it's an extremely low budget movie. Uh, Glenn Barrett, uh, who used to be my film student, he envisioned it as a uh, do-it-yourself production using Xerox images. And the funding that we gave for his Q Cinema project was just, you know, was, was quite limited. So he, need, he needed to find other um, producers to complete his project within a certain time frame. And all the other producers loved the, the concept but they were hesitant to, if he can pull it off. They were saying, what? Xerox images, hand-drawn? This is very, they found it very risky. And, and yet he was very um, uh, principled. No, I will do this the way I want it uh, with non-actors, and we were solidly behind him, but we were just afraid that the funding that we gave will not be enough. And he turned down all the other uh, prospects for other funding. And he just did it with what little budget we gave him. And that's what he came up with. And when I, when I first saw it, I said, wow, he pulled it off. And I hope it can still go around and be seen by uh, other foreign uh, film fans. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. And uh, can you tell me a bit about the Metro Manila Film Festival? Why did you stop being involved with that? And then how did you, Q Cinema started? Okay. Uh, Metro Manila Film Festival is a unique festival here in the Philippines. It's held during the Christmas uh, New Year uh, holiday period. So it's a very lucrative period. And um, the festival is, is very mainstream. They try to um, uh, get, you know, uh, very commercial movies. But there was an attempt to make it more uh, like a true festival and make it kind of more independent. So we were invited to be there. But the committee of Metro Manila Film Festival is dominated by theater owners and mainstream producers. So despite our efforts to, be, to inject some changes to make it like a real festival, we were, our inputs were not really, uh, uh, well, it wasn't really implemented. So we, we were better off uh, not being part of it anymore. Mm -hmm. And uh, about Q Cinema, how that, did that festival start? Q Cinema is now on its 10th year. Mm -hmm. So I was there from the very beginning. Um, I was just asked to attend the workshop uh, for Q Cinema. And in the months that followed, I was like, oh, they chose me as a festival director. <laughs> and so, okay, I'll take this challenge. And we started small. We um, we, we would produce a few feature films and make it into a small um, exhibition type of festival. And then we slowly expanded to have a real um, competition with feature films that we produce. 
We also produce short films and uh, some documentaries. And of course, we started bringing in um, international titles, fresh from Cannes, fresh from Berlin. We, um, we put up a, a competition section, Asia Next Wave, which is for uh, new emerging Southeast Asian directors that proved very successful. We even had a section on LGBT, um, it's called Rainbow um, QC. We had, it, it's like a major festival. We had different sections, even midnight. So we were, um, we were trying to um, uh, have an image or a branding that is very welcoming to new Asian directors um, and films that are edgy or can be controversial. And uh, yeah, so it's been quite a journey for us for this past 10 years. And uh, uh, I hope it's making a difference because some people call us the best uh, festival in the Philippines and one of the leading festivals in Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, what would you say is the purpose of the festival? Let's just say the general purpose of the festival. The purpose, uh, Quezon City, which is the largest uh, city in the Philippines, is where a lot of movie and television studios are located. It's like Hollywood. So it's a perfect fit for Quezon City to come up with a festival to promote filmmaking activities in the city. And true to that vision, uh, we've uh, done much more than that. So we produced our own uh, competition films. Initially, we, we made it into a venue to watch the latest world cinema titles and uh, promote the, new, the newest Asian auteurs. So it's like giving back, the city giving back to its constituents and to uh, film lovers out here that this is where they can uh, watch all these things. <clears throat> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, what are the, okay, you mentioned some of the benefits of having the festival in Q-City. Are there any negative things of having the festival there? Uh, nowhere in the Philippines or in the platform can they watch films like Drive My Car, Worst Person in the World, um, uh, Wheel of Fortune and, uh, you know, the Hamaguchi films every year we bring these films here. Our art house circuit is not that like in Bangkok or in Europe or in even in Singapore. So it's pretty much dependent on festivals like Q Cinema to be able to bring this uh, uh, titles to, to film lovers here. Uh, the cons, uh, maybe, Okay. Well, one of the cons, we still don't have a theater venue like that in Busan. So we have proposed to have that kind of structure where uh, our local audiences can watch all these wonderful foreign films, Filipino films, the whole year round without censorship. And that's a continuing uh, goal we'd like to have. And uh, 
maybe more funding so that we can produce um, inter-Asian productions, like uh, co-productions between the Philippines and some of our Southeast Asian neighbors. So um, that's one of our targets as well, to be uh, right now to be able to reach out to uh, a more uh, wider uh, circuit, you need to have, you need to collaborate with other funding agencies and with other countries. So these are things that we are planning to do in the near future. Mm-hmm. And uh, can you give us some details about the group that works the festival, that handles the festival? Okay. Uh, uh, we have a small lean and mean team behind <laughs> Q Cinema. I'm the festival director. And we used to be a two-man programming team, but because of the pandemic, it's been me. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, Yes, but we have, when we have a call for entries for scripts to produce, we have a selection committee made up of uh, filmmakers, critics, um, artists. So we have that, we read all the scripts, we make our selection, and we also have a monitoring committee to to check when those films are being produced or being shot, if uh, the budget is doing okay and it's being followed and things are doing uh, okay according to their timetable. So come festival time, we have uh, a PR team, social media team, um, we have volunteers. So it's like uh, many other festivals, we rely on a, a, a structure, an organizational structure to be able to make it work and especially uh, during the challenging times of um, during the pandemic, we had to do streaming and uh, theatrical because even in 2020, we never stopped. We, we even we even had theatrical on-site screenings during the height of the pandemic, but but this was in a semi-outdoor venue, mm-hmm. and we and we started with streaming with. Um, a, a, we had a partner uh, upstream where we streamed a, another program just for streaming. Uh, in 2021, um, last year, we were the first, maybe in Southeast Asia, but definitely first in the Philippines to do face-to-face physical screenings. But we, we started small. We only had one cinema and we were... We were like a guinea pig. We were the experiment of the film industry. And thank God, people went to our theaters, to our screenings, and both streaming and theatrical. So our our bold experiment, thank God, worked. Nothing happened. No no, um, pandemic cases or or, um, super spreader events. We even had... uh, a lot of uh, festival receptions, first time in two years. And so I'm just so glad that this year, for this 2022, we're going to be almost normal. Almost normal, yeah, <laughs> that's a good title now, <laughs> yes. Okay, and uh, regarding the films that you program, are there any certain criteria that you search for in the movies that you screen in the festival? Well, it depends on the sections, but in Screen International, we 
we program the uh, the best of the best. You know, those that receive the Palm Dior or the the uh, the Lion Award winners or the Berlinale uh, major winners. So it's always a toss up between the big titles from Berlin, Sundance, Cannes, Venice, sometimes from Locarno. That's for our one section, Screen International. We have um, Asia Next Wave, which is the newest uh, tours from Southeast Asia. And we've been happy to have shown great award-winning films from Singapore. Um, Uni was one of the films we showed last year from Indonesia. Um, um, the edgy directors from Vietnam. I think there's something happening in Vietnam now in the in the in the independence uh, uh, sphere. So a lot of uh, horror, violent movies, quite exciting. Uh, so yes, and we showed Memoria last year. We're also open to LGBT uh, titles. Um, you know, for Southeast Asia, which is more conservative, uh, doing doing this is quite uh, you know distinctive enough for the Philippines, and uh, also shorts. This year, we're producing um, a, a new batch of um, Filipino shorts. So I w- I'm just wondering if you were able to see our short short film program from last year. I can give you a screener. Please do. Please do. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and also uh, uh, you have two cinemas up since 2013, right? Yes. So any memorable events, like best memories of, from the festival? Oh, yes, uh, quite a few. Uh, this was the time when Gaspar Noe had a film, Love 3D. Mm-hmm. So it was my last minute selection. And... Uh, I only I didn't finish the film. I only saw the trailer, so I programmed it right away. I didn't preview it, and then when during its very first screening, 3D, I had guests from the government and from the from the foreign embassies, ambassadors, and when the movie started, there was a. If you're familiar with the movie. Um, yeah. I didn't know it was a, an art house porn film in 3D and I was <laughs> thinking in my seat and because uh, you know we're not that liberal here if there was one complaint we would be banned and uh, I I didn't finish the screening but I said I, this is too much stress for me I I don't I cannot face the ambassadors after this but thank god nobody complained and there were two other screenings uncut. So that was my biggest nightmare. I said, wow, I will never show a film I haven't actually programmed <laughs> and uh, previewed. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And uh, what are your plans for this year's edition? Um, lots of plans because it's our 10th year. So, um, how do I, because the challenge I always have is how do I lure the people back to the theaters? And, uh, and also 
keeping in mind our thrust, how do we promote um, Asian cinema, Philippine cinema? So I'm, I'm always on the lookout for the newest auteur, Filipino or Southeast Asian that we can discover here. So I'm looking for the next Martika Ramirez. She had this short film at Sundance, Leonor Will Not Die, or um, we had a short film last year uh, that won a big award in Berlin, Filipiniana, uh, Rafi Manuel. So I'm looking forward to have their feature films or new short works that they have. So. Everybody's waiting what this new normal is for 2022. I mean, not just in Q Cinema, but for Busan, for, for Thessaloniki, or for Cannes, or Tokyo. So we're all excited how this, how this return to the, the bleak two years uh, has been and moving forward from that. <clears throat> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, how do you envision the future of the festival? Let's just say if it keeps up for 10 more years, what will happen? What would the best case scenario be? Oh, I'd love to have more world premieres by Asian directors in, in Q Cinema. Of course, you know, the business of world premiere, Asian premiere, uh, Philippine premiere, it's quite, it seems quite petty, but it's quite important for festivals as they uh, get older because it's an honor for an Asian director like Hamaguchi, for example, to have his film premiere in Southeast Asia in Quezon City in Q Cinema. So that's one of my dream to, to be one of the majors, uh, slowly but surely, um, at least within Southeast Asia and inviting more foreign directors here to come and have a Q&A, uh, not just a red carpet, without slapping one another. <laughs> that what happened in Oscars, no? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> Joke. But having them here as guests and showing uh, a retrospective uh, or a focus on Greek cinema, new, new weird Greek uh, <laughs> uh, type of pro programming. I'd love to have more leeway to, to have those sections mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay okay well i guess that's it i'm out of questions thank you okay. very much and hano for your time and good luck with your festival <laughs> this year and uh, okay i'm panos Kodzathanasis, and this was asian movie pals interviews thank you once more and see you soon bye and thank you Thanos. <laughs>